into the contest. It's Tuesday, the 4th of January. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. I'm Tim Gilbert. Shane Lee, how are you? Timmy, I'm good, but you're, you're back on holidays, but you're up in Orange, I believe, at the moment, and... Uh Sampling some of their finest wines, I believe. Yeah, well, it's it's a fantastic town, isn't it? And the whole area, of course, and, and Mount Canobolis and the way that their whole wine industry's grown. Out here for a, a cricket tournament, the under-13s, and my son's playing, and boy, it's done well, done really, really well. But we popped into a great sporting family, the Mortimer Wines, and oh yes. and yeah, had a, a very nice afternoon. 45 acres, Peter Mortimer, uh, of course, former Canterbury winger and that mighty team. He, he was the ultimate host. It was very, very good. Very it, nice. Superb. Well, make sure you bring some home, Timmy. I want to try some of that. I've got a bottle for you, Shane. I've got a bottle for you. Don't you worry. I've, uh, obviously, you'll pay. Um, now we have we have a charity auction here on Afternoon Sport. It's for a fantastic charity, the Cooper Rice Braiding Foundation. Some amazing things, really, to buy, including a signed Wallabies jersey. So get involved in the auction. Still some great prices there. AfternoonSport.com forward slash auction. Today on the show, Michael Vaughan, he rips into Cricket Australia. The Sydney to Hobart, we've got a winner and all the tennis. We're heating up to the Australian Open. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care. Targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. So Michael Vaughan, he's come off the top rope. He always does. Um, you, you, you never die wondering with Michael Vaughan. He's criticised Cricket Australia for taking the Test match to Sydney, not putting the Big Bash in a bubble. And look, I like him. I enjoy his commentary. But on this one, I don't know. I'm not with him on it. I think that, you know, there's a bit of a precedent in this country now that they're going to learn to live with it, march forward. And this whole process is part of that. So whether the stars have to play with club cricketers, I, I, I think there's more advantage in giving some of these younger guys a go. So I, I don't know what you think, Shane, but I, I, I don't know if I agree with him on this. Look, Michael Vaughan uh, can uh, search for a headline. He's been in the headlines himself personally in recent times. We all know that. But, um, yeah, he's, he does make some sweeping statements. Look, I think the show must go on, Timmy. And I think uh, trying to say he, – he's saying, that, well, that the fourth test should be played, stay in Melbourne due to COVID, the COVID outbreak um, – and play a day-night test match down there. But the show must go on, mate. They've got to come to Sydney. They've got to keep playing. Um, there's a lot of preparation that's going on up here. And uh, you know, the Sydney people want their chance as well. I think wherever we go and play at the moment, there's going to be potential COVID um, risks. But we have to manage those and move on. Uh, I think everyone does uh, in, in this world that we live in today. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. And, and I think that that is what the whole, without getting political, the whole campaign mm. was all year. And that's why our doors were locked for as long as they were, yep. so people could get vaccinated. But um, the bottom line is the country's opened up. So you need. we have to have the Sydney Test match. Look, you think of all yeah. the country members that haven't had the opportunity last year to get there. It's part of their life. It's part of... Yeah. 
who they are. Yeah, there's people that, as you, as you mentioned, Timmy, that come down from the country and you know, they've been doing this for you know, 20, 25, 30 years, um, some people, and they come down, they sit in the same spot uh, with their same mates and they relive um, some of the great memories at the SCG. So, look, may, may that uh, long continue. And, uh, yeah, as I said, mate, the show must go on and uh, we play the fourth in Sydney and then off to the fifth in Tasmania. Yeah, Hobart. I still remember yep. in Hobart, I was covering, uh, this would have been early 90s, uh, covering Pakistan versus Australia, and it was that cold in about the same time <laughs> I had to buy a Pakistan supporter's jumper because I didn't oh, have no. another jumper. I was covering it for radio, and uh, I was in a, in, a, in a sort of commentary box blocked off one side, and the Pakistani guys who were on the other side who were uh, who were doing their commentary in Urdu, yeah, that was uh, yeah, nearly 30 years ago now. It can chill up in Tasmania. They might have thought that, they might have thought you're in the man old huck, mate. Yeah, yeah, we're about the same size. We we ran just as fast. Um, what about what about Ben Stokes? He's he's come out about the whole sort of drama uh, and discussion about um, the captaincy and whether or not Joe Root would keep it. Yeah, look, um, reading his comments and reading between the lines, Ben Stokes doesn't want the captaincy. It's pretty, pretty obvious, isn't it? Uh, is Joe Root the right guy? I don't think so. I think potentially uh, they need to look post this series at who can take over the reins. It's very, very hard because, as we know, they're, they're top order not scoring runs. So, And their bowlers are ageing as well, so they're, they're in a real trouble there. Ben Stokes is probably the only guy from a, a selection perspective that will be guaranteed to be picked uh, besides Joe Root. But he doesn't want the job, and he, look, he's had a go once. He led um, uh, the England cricket team when Joe Root was away for paternity uh, um, break uh, against the West Indies, and he lost that Test match. And he has no desire or no ambitions to captain, and you don't really want to give the reins to someone who has those feelings. Yeah, and let's let's face it, Ben Stokes is just sort of rebuilding himself a bit, isn't he? Sure. He's such a masterful yep. cricketer, but he's had some trouble off the field and uh, he's worked mm. hard at it both physically and mentally. So you wouldn't think that, not, not saying that he'd never be captain, uh, but right at the moment it would seem a... Uh, a bit of a poison chalice and a bit of a uh, a bridge too far for someone who is really just trying to get himself back. Um, yep. So I think I, th- I think for the time being, the only other option is to stay with Joe Root because he's yep. obviously going to be in every team because he's the best player in their team, one of the best players in the world. Now, looking at the Big Bash, of course, it has been uh, affected by all the COVID dramas, but the Brisbane Heat's still very wary uh, as they tried to build their way into it of uh, Steve O'Keefe. He's been, a, he's been a great player, hasn't he, for a long, long time, particularly in the modified version of the game. Yeah, the wily left-arm spinner, very, very good player. Look, the, the Sean Abbotts and the, and the Josh Philippes are the ones been getting all the headlines in recent years um, due to their excellent performances. But Stephen O'Keefe, and the Brisbane Heat are right, he, he's the one, he opens the bowling, he's a left-arm spinner, so he takes out... You know, he's got real sort of subtle variations and takes out most of the ground. Um, by the way, he bowls quite slow, so it's hard to hit him behind the wicket. Um, and he takes early wickets and uh, and he bowls these subtle changes with no change in his bowling action at all. So he's really, really hard to face and he has plenty of experience and um, can bowl under most conditions. So, yeah, the, the, the Sydney Sixers just look good all around the paddock. They have some really, really good young players like um, Philippines, et cetera. But some really wily characters like uh, O'Keefe and um, yeah, and Sean Abbott's been around for a while now too. So yeah, plenty of experience there. Dan Christian, yeah, yeah. Dan Christian's there too. Uh, Sydney to Hobart, Ichiban confirmed as an overall winner, and uh, I tell you what, they got pushed and 
squeezed, didn't they, through um, this race with the weather. Uh, have you ever had a desire to jump on a maxi or a, <laughs> or another craft and make your way from Sydney to Hobart? No, I had a boat, Timmy. I used to go from Clontarf round to uh, round to Mossman. <laughs> That's about it, mate. But uh, I get seasick, mate, so I could never be on one of those big yachts. But uh, as you mentioned, Itchy Barn winning their third consecutive overall um, uh Sydney to Hobart, and uh, it came through a protest by them against Celestial, who who accidentally set off a, a technical um, a beacon on the boat and didn't answer it. So they, they lost um, time due to that. So Celestial would have won, but due to that uh, mistake they made by not answering the communication radio, um, they, they lost the protest. So third consecutive to Itchy Barn and their owner and skipper, Matt Allen. Yeah, it was often uh, reported when Carl Stefanovic and a whole group of celebrities went on with Anthony Bell on the Big Maxi, of course, uh, and, and they won the Sydney to Hobart. I think in my time at Channel 9, I got offered about five times to go in the Sydney to Hobart, <laughs> but they were all the equivalent of the SS Minnow. It was like four or five people. Oh, come on. Come on. I said, thank you so much. I'll stay at home and watch the cricket. But uh, look, yeah. no, but I, I love the fact that they love it. But uh, it's, uh, boy, it seems a bit tough for me. Stay with us on Afternoon Sport. We've got plenty more to come. We've got the tennis, the basketball, the NFL, and much, much more. So Pam Shriver's had a a bit of a crack at Ash Barty in saying that someone else will become world number one. Uh, The only reason why this gets a story really is because we're so protective of our Ash, aren't we? 100%, 100%, yeah, and it's not much of a story, really, when Pan Shriver says, well, she's predicting by the end of 2022 that Ash Barty will no longer be number one. Well, that's fine to make that prediction, but who's going to take her spot? And she didn't really have any other names. She said maybe uh, Sabalenka or, or Magroza, but um, look, Ash Barty's been number one for 101 consecutive weeks, and uh, I think she's still coming into the form of her life. She's only 25 years of age, and I, and I think if she's ever going to win this, the Australian Open, it's going to be this year, and... Uh, I'd like to think she's still going to be number one by the end of 2022. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. You'd be brave, wouldn't you, be to be downplaying what she can achieve uh, because you would think that 2022 over the next few months will normalise a little bit. Isla Tamjanovic, uh, a great win for her. And a lot of these uh, other Australian players getting good wins, young players as well. Yeah, well, Isla's mate. She's she's coming off the back of her her career best 2021. Look, she reached the quarterfinal of Wimbledon and now ranked 39th in the world. Um, yeah, she beat Heather Watson six four seven six and and playing really really good tennis. And I think she's a bit of a smoky. Wouldn't it be great to see her up against Ash Barty in the final? Yeah, that would be sensational. Well, someone that we won't see uh, playing sport for a while is Blake Ferguson. We mentioned this yesterday mm. uh, that he was in trouble in Japan and now he's been sacked from that Japanese rugby club after the drug possession charges. And uh, talk about rooster to feather duster. Uh, He'd sort of rebuilt his career and I think, you know, it would have been a huge contract and now just ripped up and uh, I don't know what happens next for a guy like that. Well, I'll tell you what happens next. He's got to fight these charges. He has a potential jail sentence of five years over there uh, for this possession of cocaine. So... Yeah, it's um, it's a real shame, and we said yesterday that the uh, the Japanese club NEC Green Rockets wouldn't take this lightly, and they stacked him straight away. So, um, yeah, you're right, mate. It's uh, it is rooster the feather duster there for him, and um, I'm not sure what he does now. Whether he goes tries to go somewhere else, but he won't get a gig in Japan. Well, he's got to 
deal with these charges first, I suppose. Yeah, he's got himself in a whole lot of strife. Yep. Uh, look, um, there was a big story a number of years ago um, involving Billy Brownless, Gary Lyon, and, and Gary Lyon ended up sort of uh, with Billy Brownless's wife and it all went pretty pear-shaped. Uh, they were all <laughs> guys that worked on the footy show, as you'd imagine it could happen like that. But uh, they've actually had a um, you know a smoking of the peace pipe. It's good to see, isn't it? It's... Um it would be really tough, I think, for Billy in particular, where you know they he broke up with his wife, and then, um, as you said, Gary Lyons started dating her after they were married for eighteen years. They were good mates. It's a bit too close to home, but they're they're playing happy families now, mate. So they're all spending Christmas together. So they've obviously uh, settled that feud and uh, and decided to move on, and that's great for all the kids involved. I think. Yeah, great for the kids. I don't know whether yep. you or I would be quite so forgiving, would we? I don't know. No freaking way. I don't know. Oh, God. Oh, God forbid. Um, all right, NFL, uh, Antonio Brown. What about this story? Sacked on the spot after stripping and quitting mid-game. It's a ridiculous story. It is, mate. He hasn't got a bad rig, but you still want to keep your shirt on because, well, the thing was he's he's been on the sideline and he was getting close to, he's a wide receiver, getting close to reaching three bonuses. Uh, each bonus was worth 333K, so close to a million dollars. Um, mm. But the coach didn't put him on the field, so he just ripped off his shirt, got his abs out and said, I'm out of here. And the coach basically said, uh, the coach of Tampa Bay, uh, Bruce uh, Arians, just said, mate, you're sacked on the spot. He's no longer a buck. See you later. So yeah. uh, that million dollars is gone and he's out of there. And he's, look, he's had a history of um, issues. This guy, he lied about his vaccination. Um, so there's a litany of issues with this bloke, but uh, he's no longer a buck, mate. Yeah, bucked off in the end. Uh, yeah. Now, um, <laughs> well said. What, what about what about Lionel Messi? It has been a rough old trot by his lofty standards at PSG and it's just got slightly worse. He's caught COVID. Well, I'll tell you, PSG be bucked off, mate, because uh, he's played 11 league matches for them and scored only scored one goal. They've paid him a fortune. Mm. And now he's got COVID, so his time in France, you know, maybe he thought I'll just go there and spend a bit of time. I'll drink some nice, nice red wine and eat some nice cheese, and I'll, I'll put a few on the back of that. Well, I'm not sure about the wine and the cheese, but he's putting he hasn't put many in the net at all. Only one goal, and uh, and now to get COVID, it's a bit of a debacle year for him. But you now he still gets paid well, but not great for PSG the club. Yeah, not at all. But um, yeah, Lionel Messi, one of the great players of all time. Mm. Now, as we head towards the Sydney Test match tomorrow, um, let's reflect on a time. And I do know a bit of this story, but I want you to tell it again (laughs) because he's an extraordinary figure, Brad Hogg. Of course, the way he played. Bowled with his tongue out yeah. and was sort of uh, what like listed as one of the most annoying players on the field that anyone would ever ever say. But uh, it, it, he's an interesting character. Yeah, he's like a cattle dog, wasn't he? He's um, he was a left arm spinner. We all know, and and, and became a very very good one day bowler, uh, winning a World Cup for us in two thousand um, two thousand three, I think it was. Um, but yeah, I always joke about Andrew Simon's not being the sharpest tool in the shed. Well, let's just say Brad Hogg's in this in the same shed, mate. He's um he's not the clueiest guy. But his first time coming to Sydney um, from Perth, they stayed in Coogee. And on the way to the SCG, they drove past the famous Rarewick race course and he asked the guys on the bus, is that is that where they run the Melbourne Cup? Oh, I love it. <laughs> like the, apparently the whole bus just went silent and turned around looked at him and said, are you serious? Hockey? He goes, that looks like that on TV. Oh, <laughs> you're, in, you're in Sydney, mate. <laughs> 
That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our fantastic sponsors. I love them. Yeah, I love them too, mate. It's Main Hair Care. It's M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. And we love our producer. He's wonderful. Dan McHugh will be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. There's a lot of love here today. Have a good one, guys. See you tomorrow.